previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Jet, you had just walked into Zawadzki's office, and Caxius was standing behind the door and said, Looks like we've got ourselves a rat. This is in the bathroom. Oh, really? All right, well, then you better skedaddle. He opens the door for you, and he sees Dalvia. Wait, who are you? I'm, um... Vicky, what are you doing here? Both of you get out of here. Siren says, You are holding the crown of Trugala. No. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know one of you has it. I want to speak to your supervisor, your manager, the king. There's a group of three clergy approaching you. These clergy members all look very, very ill. What's going on with those guys? Prothean, your ring starts to glow. Siren suddenly gasps and says, You're under a spell. You're all disguised. The clergy member is going to launch at Prothean first and is going to bite you. Hellas Rebuke. Siren is then going to toss an arrow into the air, speaking words of (laughs) magic, and you look up to see hundreds of arrows flying down from the sky at you. Holy shit. Probably not going to hit that hard. 8d8. Whew. I lied. Actually. (laughs) Hexor is then going to cast Time Stop. Time just, like, glitches for half a second. All of a sudden, Siren gets gets (laughs) a night. Like, he's gone the next. We're all just like, well. Four of the clergy members are dead. Siren's still alive, but barely. I'll hit him in the chest, and then I'll just repeatedly smash his head. From above, a black bat with arms and legs is going to swoop down at Abe. Running up to the one in front of Hexor, I'm going to take my shuriken, and I will stab it into the clergy member's chest, and then I'm going to use my bonus action to explode the shuriken. And one of the other clergy members that had originally been killed by all of Hexor's mighty spells is puppeteering itself up off the ground and is ready to go. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. It always starts with me. What is a Dungeon Master's favorite rap group? D12. Fucking die. Did you ever bring that group into this shit? Brad Richards. Yeah, um, I, I had one, so, uh, what's a Dungeon Master's favorite rap group? <laughs> It's D12. Ah, go fuck yourself. It's an interesting take on it. <laughs> Matt Smith. Why could you see through the cleric? Because <laughs> he was holy. <laughs> I knew where that was going, and I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Brad Renfro. What do you call a belt made of watches? A waste of time. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> And Eric Nemeth. You know how they have Netflix and Chill and Hulu and Do You and IMAX and Climax, Amazon Prime and Nasty Time? What do you say for Disney? And... What? I don't know. I'm, that's Disney and Doomy? Question. <laughs> oh, I thought there was a punchline. Disney Plus and Thrust. Ooh. Oh, I like that one. That works. Disney <laughs> Plus and Bust also mm-hmm. works. Well, instead of Netflix and Chill or Hulu and whatever else those other things were. Let's do some death-saving bros and... And suck on our toes. And dice rolls. What? Where, because we are a fifth edition actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I know it was a terrible transition. It took me too long to come up with. (laughs) Thank you for your time. So it's part of the course. (laughs) Like, you could have said, like, and bury your foes. Like, we're going to kill people because that's what we're going to do this episode. See... But you also had as much time plus a little bit extra to come up with that, Ben. So good on you, but you know what? No, I'm not even going to bash you because that was too good and I'm just upset. So let's get right into the episode so I don't have to wallow in my shame anymore. You act like you know words. I'm a failure. Welcome to the club. Welcome Squidward, welcome Squidward, welcome Squidward. 
So last time on the Death Saving Rose podcast, you all had stolen the crown of uh, the Trugalan king out of a tea service where Prothean had orchestrated an entire escapade for you guys so that you could walk out. But as you were leaving the palace, you were stopped by Siren because there was a spell on the crown so that if it left, they would know. But of course you were disguised and I found the note where it said exactly what you were all disguised as. And you know what? The note is actually in the other room, so I'm not going to talk about it. Somebody was an ebony dragonborn, somebody was like a was a green dragonborn. You were all different dragonborn. And uh, you wound up getting into a fight with Siren and some uh, priests of Helleros, but turns out they were actually demons. What? And after a lot of uh, crazy antics and Hexor basically one-shotting Siren, you are still in this mi- in the middle of this fight. And not to forget that Jet and Dalvia were in Zawadski's office trying to find some dirt on him or frame him, but they were caught in the act by Caxius, and they had to pretend that this isn't the bathroom, and they got out of it. So they are on their way back to the fight to help out with the others who are having a rough go of it. So let's go ahead and pick up at the top of the order where we left off. And at the top of the order, we have Stan. So Stan the man. Actually, let me go ahead and uh, relay what the battlefield looks like again. So last time you were shifted into a conference room by a wall of force. Stan is closest to the door and the hallway. Behind Stan is Abe. In this orientation, everybody is looking at the door. To the left of Abe is Prothean. Behind Prothean is Brixius. And to the left of Brixius is Hexor. There is one living, uh, sickly-looking priest that you know is actually a demon. Far to the left, up against the wall, approximately 10 feet from the door. You have one dead priest in front of Prothean. You have another dead priest in front of Stan. And then out in the hallway, Siren is lying on the ground. Ambionitis is over Siren's body. You have two dead priests on the ground about 20 feet from Ambionitis to Ambionitis' left. And uh, there is one living sickly-looking priest standing over those two bodies. Are those priests, like, the priest-possessed bodies, did they, like, used to be priests, or were they just, like, demons disguised? You wouldn't know that. Okay. You just know that they are not actual priests anymore. Whether they're possessed or they've just been turned into lookalikes, they are not priests. They Their skin is sagging and basically, like, almost falling off. Oh, so it's kind of turning me on. Since they're <laughs> demons, does Abe like know anything about them? Um, like has he has he seen this type or read about this type or I guess on either them or the giant bat things? How about a nature check? A nature check. Nature or history, whichever is better for you. Just a demon check. Uh, well, it's gonna be the same, but I also get it has to do with demons, right? Yep, so you get advantage. <laughs> Say almost directly. All right, it's going to be an 11. <laughs> <laughs> you know the entire life history. Yes. You are, you know that they're not, as I said before, you know that they're not priests. You're pretty sure that they are demons that have taken on the skin of actual living priests. So these are the likenesses of people that used to be alive, but the demons have either literally worn their skin or just, like, made their skin look like the dead people. Um, And then the birds, uh, you know that they could potentially basically suck out your soul if they are around you for too too long. Uh, That good, huh? Dementors? (laughs) (laughs) It felt weird, though, as as though I'd never be happy again. Do Do the priests there resemble, like, priests from, like, other temples and stuff? They're all priests of Helleros. Okay. So I don't care if I slaughter them. Well, also, they're attacking you, and you 
are, <laughs> even if you're not Abe, you're pretty sure that they're demons. So, especially since the very last thing that one of the quote-unquote priests did before we ended the last episode was he raised one from back from the dead, the one that is standing in front of Stan. Man, I've rolled like trash for like every single time I've tried to figure out what a demon is. <laughs> like every single time. I guess you're really not good at your job. One of these times, it'll come in clutch. What actually happened was Dosh hired out to us like the cheapest demon hunter possible. <laughs> <laughs> demon hunter? I thought you said rat catcher. <laughs> we got the generic Walmart brand demon hunter. <laughs> Why can't you answer any questions about demons? It's a side job. <laughs> I'm a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Abe the plumber. <laughs> So Stan, uh, at the top of the order, he is going to swing at this demon that was just raised from the dead, and he is going to swing twice with his longsword, rolling a natural 20, and then also rolling a 22. So both of those are going to hit. One is going to be critical, uh, dealing 12 damage on the first strike, and then only 7 damage on the critical. 7 damage on the critical? Damn. God, he sucks. Thought he was about to go ham. Could be like, that's what Dalvia sees in him. Well, we've all seen his longsword. Mm. Just don't know how to use his longsword because of this damage he's doing. <laughs> okay, and that priest is still standing, but it's already looking like it's bloodied. Almost as if coming back from the dead didn't give it as much health to begin with. Does anyone know Fireball in our group? Exor does. Just shoot it directly <laughs> at the ground in front of you. That's a kill them all. And also us. Just don't be weak. Oh yeah, I forgot Prothean's normal again. I have intelligence. I negative one intelligence. And then as Stan is swinging at this demonic priest, one of these bat creatures cloaked in darkness is going to fly down with a screech and is going to attack Brixius. And as this thing flies down, the bat creature is going to grasp with its fingers towards Brixius, and I need Brixius to make a charisma saving throw, please. Okay. Which dice will it be today? Nine. (laughs) 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 All right, that is a failure. So you are going to have your hit point maximum reduced by 13. Okay, but do I take any damage? Well, so you do that, and then you're going to get hit twice. Once as it bites your neck, and once as it claws at your ear. So they don't need to hit your armor class, they just need to beat the saving throw? Well, no, it rolled... You want me to tell you exactly what the rolls were? It rolled a 14 plus 11, so it rolled a uh, 25, and then it rolled a 22 for AC. Plus 11, huh? So you said 13 for my max HPs? Yes, 13 maximum is reduced, and then the claws against your ear deal 24 damage, and then the bite is going to rip near your jugular, and you're going to feel blood start pouring down your neck as you take 27 damage. All right, yeah, I'm going to parry that one. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Okay, and uh, for the listeners at home, remind us what a parry does. Yeah, so I parry it. (laughs) (laughs) The platypus. (laughs) A platypus? Parry the platypus! Um, so pretty much, I get to roll one of my superiority die, which is a d10, based on my fighter level now, and then it's going to reduce the amount of damage I take by that roll plus my dexterity modifier. So I'm going to reduce the damage of that last one by six. Okay. So you said it was, did you say 27 initially? Yes. All right. So that's only 21. Nice. 21 plus, what was the other one? 24? Yeah. Something like that. I already had put it in my calculator. So that is okay. So how are you sitting over there, Brixius? I'm alive. And uh, Protheans are healers, so maybe you'll actually get a chance to heal me from <laughs> no. once. That's fine. I'm saving it for someone more important. Myself. 
That is fine. Prothean is literally the last person in the initiative order, too. I'll be fine. Prothean saves his healing so he can kill people, bring them back to life, and then kill them again. Yes. Sometimes you just torture them too much, and then <laughs> you just start right over again from the beginning. Next in line would be Hexor, and Hexor is looking very, very ill, very fatigued. Uh, he burned a lot of spell slots right off the bat, and then he got hit for a lot of damage. So he turns to all of you and says, Should I just take us out of here? No. It's fine. We're all fine. <laughs> I don't know. It's up to you guys because I was all I was all for staying, and now I, I'm and not looking. And then you got like all your HP <laughs> taken in like one turn. I'm not looking very good anymore. Yeah, we just have a total party wipe and just start over with a new campaign. I mean, if we want to try it, we could try to like heal each other and see how long we last. TPK. TPK. Uh, how many of these? Right, like a gauntlet. <laughs> we just see how long we can survive and how many we can kill. Yeah, how many bats were there again? Three? There are... I vaguely remember three. If there's three, I think they each have about 150 HPs or so. On top of... Whatever they steal from us. Yeah, three three would be a good guess. And doing <laughs> anywhere with any hit... any Well, they get plus 11 to their attacks. Just to hit. And then they're doing between 20 and 30 damage per hit. And they could at least do two or so. Plus lower our maximum HP. Hey, Abe, how squishy are you? Uh, pretty squishy at the moment. <laughs> I've been thoroughly squeezed. <laughs> uh, I'm down to fight, but honestly, if we fight, we'll probably get fucking real. Oh, yeah. I'm being wrung and juiced right now. Yeah, when, when Abe was like, no, let's not, that was, you know, dripping with sarcasm. I just know that your whole goal has been to find and kill demons. Maybe not these ones. These are demons. I mean, how are you sitting right now? Chipper. Because <laughs> you have the most HPs by far in this group. Yeah, we're, I think I have the second we're, most. We're feeling pretty chipper. We could, we could do this all day. All right, so here's the thing. <laughs> okay, well then, here's what we're going to do. I will take the rest of us to go get a rest, and then Ambionitis can stay and fight. Honestly, he'll probably be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah. back eight hours later, and he's just, you know, standing on a pile of demons. Y'all are gonna, <laughs> y'all are gonna teleport away, and then, and then Jet's gonna show up. Like, yeah, wait, we still got, we still got Jet coming in here to slap these fools around. We just gotta hold them off, and then Dalvia comes in. That's another person in the initiative, and she's also a very powerful wizard. Hexor, just use your turn and do a shit ton of damage here, and we'll all play very strategically here. Strategic. Just to mobilize. I think we could do this. Because I want to kill demons. You, Abe wants to do it for a job and money reasons, but he has no <laughs> regard for really anybody else's lives as long as he gets paid. Abe, do you have life insurance? I mean, you guys have to pay me, so... That's your I, only, I have regard for your lives. <laughs> that's your biggest motivation to keep us alive. <laughs> <laughs> You're only fighting for the money. Me and him being want to fight just because we really despise demons. Yeah, I'm just here. You hear via the telepathic link, Dalvia say, I say just take what we've got and go. We can always come back. Vicky, shut up. They might hear us. I don't know. Let's take a team vote in these six seconds as we're standing here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I know like if I get hit by one of those flappy demons and one's like right in my face right now, I'm dead. If you're that torn, roll for it. Oh, if I get hit one more time as well, I'm dead as well. So TPK? PPK? I think we're well, voting on a total party wipe because Paul's trying to tell us to leave. Oh, of course Paul wants us to leave, but this isn't Paul's game, so we can choose to stay if we want to. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not just saying fight. Which is, of course, why I did not have Hexor immediately cast Teleport. Oh, don't worry. If you guys die during this fight and I survive, I'll turn you into my undead slaves. Nice. I mean, I just, what do you want to do? I'm fine with which, whichever one. Like, I could do this all day, but I really don't feel like Fighting everything and then burying you guys. So I'm gonna... <laughs> hey, I'll be alive. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Definitely. <laughs> Probably is just gonna heal himself every turn and <laughs> be fine. Or I can roll a dice. We play over under ten. If it's under, we stay. If it's over, we go. Is that agreed? Under stay, over go. 
That's in the spirit of D&D. What happens on an actual 10? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, I rolled a 12. Means we go. Okay, because I was about to die. Ah, you're expendable. We all are, except for me. God, Hexor, don't be a bitch. As I say, as my arm is, like, hanging off, mostly. (laughs) (laughs) See, I really don't think it's in my character to run, though. Like, me and Ambi and I just really got our ass beat that one time by, like, the 15 slavers, and we stayed and fought. So is the fear of God struck in your eyes now and you realize you gotta leave? Is the character turning point for you? No, I think it's the opposite where I might want to stay because it will kill my reputation as a fighter if I can't, if I lose this fight. Tom has me in his corner. Tom's gonna protect me so I'm gonna survive, so I'm down to stay. Like, how am I supposed to get people to sign up in my gym if I can't even kill these flappy birds? But we can use this. And I hold the crown up slightly. <laughs> To kill more demons. Or to buy goods and services. Yeah, but what kind of a testament is this, though? If we can't even do these minor demons, how are we going to fight the major demons later on? Because it's not going to be <laughs> a 6v1. Here is what you do for your gym. You say, this was a demonstration of how to run away to fight. Hey, <laughs> it's not called running away, it's called a tactical... Fall back. Hexar, do you need We're just mo- practicing our cardio, and there just happens to be a horde of demons behind us. Every- Hexar, you need a marketing job? <laughs> Every time Brixius hears the word demonstration, he must donkey kick something. <laughs> he goes I- to the nearest demon Where's and just Jet? says, Demonstration! <laughs> Where is Jed at? Please tell me he's walking in the room right now. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Jet and Dalvia are still running down the hallway under cover of shadows trying to get there as quickly as they can but um how many times can Hexor cast teleport like how, how long does he have to wait in between casting uh he could only cast it one more time after this I have after this so can he cast it once to get us out and then he can cast it one more time yes alright Hexor teleport us to Jet right now <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get in position, and I'm going to start to throw the donkey kick. <laughs> Jet will never see it coming. I have a question. And then you'll get us out of there afterwards. Sound good? Does the hammer fist have an eight-saw department? As far as hit and run? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That answers the qu- all the questions I need to know. <laughs> I don't know what it stands for. Take it up with Figus. Oh, fighting using not humans as resources when fighting. Yes, <laughs> we we are very resourceful. All right, I don't want Figus to learn about what human Improvise resources. Improvise weapons. Figus can be a weapon. <laughs> oh, I've used them before. You pick them up like a club and start swinging them. That's why I always go with the young orphans because they're so light and small. I'm just gonna tie Figus to a stick, and he's gonna be my great axe. <laughs> So when we set Figus' head on fire, and he then he swung like a club, does he do a fire damage? <laughs> oh, I'm sure that one time, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, so, Hexor is going to be leaning heavily on his, on his knees, and then throw his hands in a circling motion, is going to try and wrap all of you up in his spell. He's going to be saying, via the telepathic bond, Delvia, meet us back at the inn. And you're all going to beam me up, Scotty, disappear in a puff of magic, just as Delvia is doing the same for her and Jet. And you all arrive at the same time in the inn. And Jet gets his ass donkey kicked as soon as we come out of there. (laughs) You provide health insurance at your company? I ensure that people will not die so their health is covered. Good enough. I'm just invisible, and I'm just running through this hallway with Dalvia, and then no one even told me about the teleporting thing, so I'm just running. Dalvia teleports us out, but I don't notice that, because the second that I teleport, you know, most people would recognize, like, their surroundings changed or something. Jet pops. he's, he's, He's running through the hallway. All of a sudden, just... I see black. I'm on the ground. I open my eyes and I'm like, I see just, yeah, just a wooden, you know, inn built out all around me. I'm like, I just got knocked back. 
to this place? Three people walk into an inn. Jet gets donkey kicked. <laughs> Perfect. That sounds about right. Dalvia is there and looks at her brother and Stan and goes, Oh my god! What the hell happened? No, it's okay. This is uh, sort of a usual thing for me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Brixius, did you know, you heard via the telepathic bond that we were teleporting, right? You, you didn't have time to kick any more demons. Yeah, no, I was just demonstrating <laughs> how to, yeah, yeah, I knew. Uh, Prothean, can you fix my nose? I just, like, palm him in the face, like, smacking him full strength, and I start squeezing on his face while using lay on hands. It's going to be a painful lay on hands. Happy you said lay on hands and not inflict wounds, because if you were <laughs> screwed up those words, you could have done a lot of damage. It's like a, it's like a new Michael Jackson nose. <laughs> Straight up, kind of like a young Michael Jackson. Oh, I love little Michael. I'm actually, instead of using lay on hands, inflict wounds at level 5. Ouch. Every level up, it's um, 1d10. But yes, I, uh, I knew that, and here we are. Stan stumbles over to Dalvia, reaches out his hand, and she almost reluctantly goes into his embrace. He says, Thank goodness you're okay. Thank goodness we're all okay. That was... Who was that man? Who... How did he know to... How did he know to be there? Because he has uh, friends in high places. I think all of the Namely the Dungeon there. Master's chair. <laughs> I, I could tell you who that man is. Now, I could tell you that that man was once dead with his head decapitated. And I cannot tell you how he knew to be there. Dalvia turns and says, You decapitated him, and yet he's still alive? Yep. I vaguely remember that, but I've decapitated a lot of people in my day. Chopped his head off and booted it across the field. And then burned down his cabin. She looks thoughtful and says, When you left... Did you see what happened to the head? I mean, we booted it off into the night, so no. Wait, just like when we just left now? No, the when you said that you decapitated his head, did you, do you did you dispose of the body? Didn't we burn it? Well, we definitely burned the house down. Was his body in the house? I thought we no, like we, dragged it like burn we burned his... his house down like way before we killed him. Oh, that was the first time we met him. I think we we chopped his head off, we left his body where it was sitting, and then we booted the head, like, off into the darkness. Oh, right. I think. Does that sound right? Oh, that sounds pretty right. Re- recalling who- the multiple stories that you gave me, and putting <laughs> right. all the vague oh, details true. together, that does sound right. That happens a lot, though. But also, if he was an employee, uh, an agent for Zawadzki, and all of the nefarious folk leading the clergy, there are spells that can bring the dead back from no more than like a finger. Did you say a vague recollection? Here, I let me start over then. And I just tell the whole story from the beginning. From your birthday, you mumbo. So, yeah, that seems about right then. Because we did not completely make sure there was no body left. And sure, somebody could have found it. And sure, someone could have healed him. And guess what? We killed him again, but didn't dispose of the body again. So he'll probably be back. Well, but I, I don't. I think we got bigger fish to fry because he really hasn't posed much of a threat to us any time we faced him. That is true, especially when I can stop time and throw boulders. <laughs> oh, I thought that was because I shot him with an arrow one time. <sighs> you helped. I seem to remember, you know, I don't remember time stopping or anything, but I, I seem to remember shooting him with an arrow and then all of a sudden he was, you know, down. I remember time stopping every time you talk and we didn't every word you say. <laughs> You're hanging on my every word. Well, that is good. Still hanging here. <laughs> but how he knew to be there, I'm not sure. That, that's, that's why he was, that's like how he was there. And the same Siren. And he's a bitch. That's who he is. But how he knew to be there? Well, it sounded like he just kind of guards Zawatsky, so he was there because of Zawatsky being there. <laughs> and then after having many very good roles trying to <laughs> tell him that 
no, we're just passing, and it was probably someone else because, like, we didn't have the crown, and it looked like there was a crown on his head. Well, he still ended up fighting us. Yep. I think I drew my sword pretty early. No, not until after he called us out. Uh, from the corner of the inn, you hear, I can tell you why he was there. Ninja Star. Who are you? Stepping from the shadows, you see a tiefling that you recognize as Ogberg Alistair, the father of Dalvia and Hexor. there, fair listeners. It's always a pleasure to share another episode with you. The biggest thing this week is that we've got some plans going on behind the screen that we hope will pay off in a big way. This past weekend got us one step closer to that, but uh, for now, we'll keep that announcement under wraps just until all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Just wanted to let you know, even if it is kind of like, why would you tell us this if you can't tell us? Just wanted to let you know that we're still thinking of you and always trying to make this show better. One announcement that we can share with you is one that you've already heard. We have a Patreon. And coming up in the next month or so, almost certainly by the end of January, our higher level patrons will get to have their first one-on-one video chat with a host. Eric will be sitting down to have a conversation about the podcast, his characters, because one of them died, and who knows what else. So swing on over to patreon.com slash deathsavingbros to get in on that action. And don't forget, the Shade Arrow tier is at a special price only until the end of 2020. At that tier, you'll not only get access to the video chat with Eric and future video chats with other hosts, but you'll also get exclusive merchandise. So make sure you check that out while you still can at the lower price. Our other regular but still awesome merch is available, as always, on redbubble.com. Simply search Death Saving Bros to see all our designs, including amazing artwork from the incredible Mitchie Blue on Instagram. At this point, anything you order with regular shipping won't get to you by Christmas, but if our shirts, hoodies, and bath mats are exactly what your loved ones need this holiday season, I'm told that there are still delivery options available. And if you're wondering, you know what, I just, I really want to get my favorite podcasters a gift this year, but I don't feel like buying anything, then here's the perfect solution. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. It's always a boost to our position on the podcast charts. We love hearing your feedback, and you get read on the air. What a wonderful holiday surprise all around. In the spirit of that holiday giving, we want to give a shout out to two of the composers who are featured quite often on our show. Will Savino and Alex, the Boy King of Idaho, are individual creators publishing music for tabletop games on Patreon. Will's music is available at patreon.com slash musicd20 and Alex is posting at patreon.com slash boykingofidaho. Finally, before we put you back into the episode, I just want to take a moment and give a supporter shout-out to our patrons. Those who pledge at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the show, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher, so they get their shout-out right now. Ryan Cushman, 2 Times Tyler, and Gene L. Jackson. Thank you all for your support. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. I draw my longsword. This is an appropriate time for Prothean to actually do this. <laughs> Dalvia says, 
father. And she runs to him and leaps into his arms and hugs him tight. I'm going to do that chameleon thing where I just instinctively, out of fear, turn invisible. <laughs> I'm still holding on to Jet's face, so I'm just going to throw Jet at him. <laughs> the he, invisible Jet. <laughs> is he going to be upset that the last time he saw his kids, they set a fireball off in his face? Hexor walks up and says, Father, it is good to see you. I'm glad that that fireball did not harm you. Backhands his son. <laughs> and uh, Ogberg says, You've gotten very, very good, my son. Your spell did not even touch me. Yeah, you're so good. <laughs> you're trash. I raised a better son than this. You couldn't even hit me. You missed with a fireball in an enclosed room that was pretty small. <laughs> Full of flammable <laughs> objects. While you I'm throwing so Jet, I'm going to yell, Jet, I choose you. Jet, use tail whip. Jet, 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 Jet. Harden, Jet, Harden. <laughs> Hexor turns to you all and says, No, I, I can sculpt spells. It, it is a very, very important step in the wizarding process. Mm, sounds like you just don't want to admit how badly you missed. Seemed like a terrible wizard to me. I, I feel like that's a little suspicious if you throw a fireball and it hits everybody in the room except your father. Wouldn't that put him in a bad situation because then they would think that your father is conspiring against the clergy. Or they and think maybe he just, you know, likes his family members. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> oh, what? Listen, we're not solving cold cases here, Stanford. If someone, like, in our group, like, throws a fireball at us, and, like, one of us is, like, not... Like, if Jet throws a fireball at us, and, like, uh, Abe is, like, uninjured, I'm gonna start torturing both of them to get the information out. <laughs> I feel like families are about the same with that. I'd start with torturing me, because I can't throw a fireball. So if I throw one, you better question that. <laughs> All right, Ogbird, what is going on? Ogbird turns to you, Brixius, and says, To answer your question, after my son and daughter broke you out of our family uh, basement, the entire clergy went on alert, and everybody was told that an attempt on the king's life was imminent. Of course, we know that's not true. We all know that you, like us, are members of the Purified. So we weren't supposed to slip poison into his tea? Uh, we need to go back. <laughs> Wait, you put poison in his tea also? <laughs> oh, man, he's got devil poisoned. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's going to die of natural causes in a long time. From poison. <laughs> Yeah, I, I might have been overstaying when I said one poison. I just put a long sword point off <laughs> his teacup. You guys didn't. Um, you didn't poison him. No. No. That you know of. Of course not. There may or may Hold not on. be a, gr a great sword in his sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when people find razors in their candy, it's just like a full great sword. <laughs> razors in their candy, that's what you go to. What? What yeah, candy are you getting where you find like, razors? Halloween, like, everyone's parents are always like, oh, you gotta check your candy because there might be razor blades in it oh, from, like, the crazies. Who, where did you grow up? I've seen that. <laughs> That's, like, a thing. It no, is. it's not. Yeah, my parents did that every year, too. My the mom must have fuck it. Yeah, so was mine. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, a thing, but does it actually happen? No. <laughs> it might. It might have happened, like, once. And then, like... Yeah. And definitely not to the king of Trugala. <laughs> yeah, well, Brixius you know lost his thought. I'm just trying to understand about if if this man, Ogbird, Big Bird, Ogbird, I know I'm purposely fucking it up, um, is also a member of the Purified, and we are also Purified, then what the fuck? What the fuck what? Says Ogberg. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, what are you doing to help this cause? I am the leader of the Purified. I am one of the most powerful uh, individuals in the entire kingdom, and I have been orchestrating, just as my father did before me, many of the initiatives that the Purified has been undertaking and the grassroots efforts that we have been supporting to make sure that we can root out the demonic influence in Trugala's clergy. So this has been going on since your father's been around, and you guys still haven't had this under control? It has been very secretive 
and an ongoing war between the demons and those who support them and the people who can see the light. Makes sense to me. How is this a generation issue? It's like, you could probably like knock out the entire, have a revolution in the country in like a couple of weeks. All right, but okay. Okay, I, I'll just, I'll just listen. It hasn't been until recently that the powers in the clergy and the leadership have gotten bold enough to make such rash and obvious moves to seize power. And so the fact that you are now involved in this, it's much easier to see how you would have become aware of such things. Cool. Okay. So... Nice to see you on our side. Yes, I, I do apologize that I couldn't be of more assistance when Zawadzki showed up in our home. At the time, I tried to tell off my brother-in-law. He's, uh, he's a rather devout individual and believes that following the chain of command is his sole purpose and doesn't consider the, uh, the ramifications of what he does. He doesn't see Zawadzki as an evil person. He sees him as a bold audacious leader. Wait, is your brother I just realized this is very, very timely. This feels too real. What? You don't have a brother, Paul. <laughs> no, just in terms of our current political sphere. Anywho. Isn't his brother-in-law the one that uh, Ambionitis broke his arm and then his neck? <laughs> <laughs> How's he doing? Did he break his neck? I knew, I know he yeah. broke his arm. He definitely yep. broke his neck. No. <laughs> Did I? I can oh, yeah. guarantee his neck is broken. <laughs> I don't think so. How's he doing? Is he alright? He he's going crippled for life. Yeah, he's on the iron lung. He's been seen to by the clerics that he supports, and they are taking care of his body's repair. He'll be fine, even if he'll remain an asshole. He's like feeble-minded Prothean for the rest of his life. So right. what if he can't walk or use his arms? <laughs> they have Stephen Hawking scooters back then, right? Yeah. I mean, they have these fancy bridges, so I don't see why they want to have those. So listen here, sir, father, sir. What are our next steps? Sir, father, stare. <laughs> well, the first step is you need to get as far away as possible because they will be looking for that crown. Zawadzki knew that you would be going after it. Well, you know what he wouldn't expect? Us to give it right back to you. Here you go. No. <laughs> he he holds up his hands and backs up and says, No, no, no. I, I can't take that. Uh, if I wound up with it, he would know that somehow I had been in contact with you. No, our next move must be to find the true circlet that you are searching for. I thought the true circlet was supposed to be on the crown. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we need we... to take this crown and get so far away that you just told us to do. It was part of the crown. That's not the crown that Parmar touched a millennia ago. We stole the wrong crown. <laughs> what? <laughs> so why the fuck did we go and steal this crown? Well, that's something that I know as the leader of the Purified, not something that I have yet divulged to my son and daughter. And he looks at them a little bit disappointed, but more just as like a uh, I'm sorry I haven't told you this yet well it seems like a pretty dick move why are you you're leading this group but you're holding very valuable information from everybody that's needed to fix the issue so playing off of that do you know where the real crown is I pull out my little book Delvia how do you spell your name um, don't 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 tell him oh A-S-S <laughs> T-H-O-R-M Thorn? Asthorm? Thorn. Asthorm. I put a little star next to Jet's name. <laughs> <laughs> Jet's name is in there four different times. Just take an arrow, draw it to the top of the list. <laughs> Why'd you say Squidward's name is twice? I like Squidward. <laughs> uh, Ogberg says, We weren't always the purified. My great-grandfather's grandfather many times over. He was once a scribe in the core that Parmar established. They disguised themselves as the king's personal scribes, but in reality, they were the keepers of the knowledge that had been passed down 
through Parmar from Helleros. At the time of the Demon Apocalypse, Parmar was chosen by Helleros to be his avatar on the Earth and deliver us the weapons that we would need in order to defeat the demons that had come through the portal begun by the Diadem Exorius. Time out. If that's the case, my book that has all of Parmar notes is actually like all of Helleros's words, aka like a Bible. <laughs> the book we've told you to read for us like 20 times. It's it's not <laughs> it's not a Bible. And the history of Parmar, there is one copy in the Trugalan library, and as far as I've read, it is basically just a very detailed history of Trugala as a kingdom a millennia ago. It does mention that Riley Bevden had been experimenting with the Diademixorius, that he was the last known owner of it, but that is all that's mentioned in the book. No, but what about this part here that cryptically tells us exactly where we need to go? He walks over and looks at the book and says, this part is not in the copy that we have in the Trugalan library. Do you not also... Is it in, also in Elvish at the library? Can you read Elvish? Yes, it, it was directly transcribed by one of Parmar's acolytes, but as a descendant of one of the scribes of Trugala, we know that that copy was mistakenly placed in the library. Parmar intended to take his book to the grave with him. And you've read this book? I have. In the library? I have. So, so what if we just look through the book I have and compare the differences, and maybe those differences might tell us where we need to go. I think that is an excellent idea, because the only person who would have known exactly where the true circlet had been placed would have been Parmar and Helleros himself. Sounds like we got some book studying to do. Abe's just going to be holding this crown and be like, so is this just like worthless metal? I'm just going to grab it and like smash it between my hands. Hexor is going to go, no, that is a priceless artifact. Well, now it's just two priceless you artifacts. Say priceless. What if we chopped it up into pieces and we sold the scrap for a priceless amount? <laughs> Augberg says, well, the reason why I say that you need to go, you need to run is because they had a tracker on that object. And if they know that somebody has it, they will just send out scouts trying to locate it. And once they do, there will be nothing that I can do to save you. Prothean, tie it to your war bear and then send him just to run away as far as I he can. I don't have a war bear right now. I have a giant eagle that flies me around. Well, that sounds even better for this predicament. It's also good I just smashed the crown, so it's easy to get um, move around. Swallow it. Or we pawn it off to some schmuck and be done with it. Or... We walk it back to the front door and say we caught the guys who stole it and tried to return it in good faith because when they saw us in the crown room, we were all disguised as dragonborn. So they would not, and Zawadzki would not pin it on half-orc Brixius or Tiefling Abe or any one else of us here. I said we don't do that because you're going to find a way to pin it on me, Jet. I send Jet back by himself. <laughs> Jet, just invisibly walk and just leave it on the doorstep. Write a note. Sorry. Thought this was worth something. (laughs) Anyway, your honor or excellency or your king or whatever you're called, shall we compare our notes? Well, I think we gotta leave. Can you give us the cop? Can you get us the copy of the book? So that we can leave and then compare and then find it and then we'll meet back up with you sometime? We all know you can't read. Dalvia steps forward, grabs the broken, crumpled crown from Prothean, and passes her hand over it, mouthing words, and you see it glow green, as if it were in a bubble. And then the green fades, and she hands it back to Prothean and says, There, I just cast non-detection on it. We have eight hours before the spell wears off. In that time, they won't be able to locate it. So, is it send it with my eagle to drop it somewhere miles away? I don't know if I would do that just yet. It may still have a clue. I look at, I look at it. Do I see any writing anywhere in it? I look at his dad. 
because obviously Hexor doesn't know shit about this crown. Does it have a clue on it, sir? Big Papa. Daddy. Do I see anything on it? There is some writing on it, and Ogburg says, at the time that the crown was commissioned, it was inscribed by the person that had fashioned the crown, and there is also a subscript that says something to the effect of, uh, Made in Ryford. The true crown shall be worn only on the true throne of Trugala. Something like that. And sure enough, Prothean, as you're looking on the inside of the band, you can see that there is a name, Novot Salisbury. And then there is almost verbatim what Ogberg had just said, that the true crown of Trugala shall be worn only on the true throne of Trugala. I put it on my head. It's misshapen and fits lopsidedly on your head. All right, I toss it at the wall. What was that for? I don't like to put FPLs on my head. <laughs> All right, father of Hexor and Dalvia, where is the true throne of Trugala? Or whatever it said. Dalvia speaks up and says, Well, the true throne, correct me if I'm wrong, father, but the throne in the throne room is still the original seat that was established in the castle over a millennia ago. And Ogberg nods his head and says, Yes, that's right. That is still the original throne that the kings before Parmar had even been born sat upon. I wonder if that has anything to do with the inscription that was on the back of the throne when I was around snooping around. Ogberg turns to you and says, You were in the throne room? Nope. How? I saw it on Google Maps. <laughs> Ye old Google Maps. Street view. Google What What inscription are you talking about? What inscription am I talking about? Are you asking me? Yeah, no, I, I know there was an inscription. I forgot the exact details. It I didn't it say it like lined up with the same symbol that's on my staff. Yes, you do see you did see the symbol on your staff. Uh, you also saw a diamond embossed on the backing of the throne, and you saw a circle where the butt goes. Well, that's just a comfortable butt print from anybody who sits on the throne. I get that. But it was it was like stitched in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So I will go ahead and say, like, to the Alistair, it's like, well, I, uh, it might have been in a dream, but I do recall possibly noting that there is a diamond and a circle and a spot that has this incantation. And I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll show the staff. I'll show the, I'll show the little part where it's like the keyhole where it, you know, that little indentation. I said, I had this on it. And that was all on the back of the throne. Ogberg, his mouth just drops, and he goes, Where did you get that? I put the staff slowly behind my back and say, Nowhere? Jet, you understand he's on our side. I think. He has the same little card that I have on me that says we're friends. But he yells at me the same way you do. (laughs) (laughs) You must feel just at home. Jet! Don't make me donkey kick you or spear you. <laughs> Bring the staff back out. I don't hear you. He starts taking off his belt. He doesn't wear pants, but he wears a belt just so he can. Ogberg <laughs> 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 puts his hands out and he he says, "May may I?" I. Okay. Wait, wait. Does he have the card that says we're actually friends? Is he actually the leader of the purified? I hand it over. As you're handing it over, you see Ogberg, like, turn his hand over like a magician, and suddenly the card's in his hand. Then he waves it back, and it's gone. Holy shit! Magic! (laughs) Ogberg takes the staff in his hands, and he turns it and says, This is the staff of Parmar himself. How did you find this? Yeah, I got it from his tomb. It was in his tomb, just like where the book was. You saw his tomb? Well, that's where I got the book. You you went to... You've been in the tomb of Parmar? It was smelly in there and guarded by a demon who was looking for it. Yes. We visited his gravesite, and uh, we took his book and his staff. And I ripped this thing off his wall, and I pull out the pieces of the uh, flamethrower that I haven't put together yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have his ring. I just hold my hand. Is it glowing right now? 
No, your your uh, demon ring is not glowing. But wait, did I get that from it, uh, the goblins or? The... Yes, you actually got it from the goblins. Was that from... All right. So I trying to remember where I got it. It's like, what about this? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Augberg hands the staff back to you and says, "If the if this and the copy of Parmar's history are truly his, we may yet be able to find the true Diadem Exorius." And that's where we're going to end our episode. That's why I was asking you to compare notes. Hey, Alberg, can you show me that thing with the card again? <laughs> and I want to cast Detect Magic as he does it. <laughs> I'm just staring at him with just incomplete awe, like, did, did that card just, just come out of nowhere? He pulls it from behind your ear this time. No, no! Uh, <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> Most powerful wizard of our age. <laughs> How did I... How long was that card back there? Are there any more? Can you check? It all started when I was born. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, next next episode, we're going to get some of those missing pieces to the whole story of Parmar and Helleros and the Diadem Exorius that we have been missing. We will also get to hear what has been in the history of uh, that they had gotten back in, what, episode 39 or something like that? Yup. Yeah. You guys... The first time you asked, hey, what, what does the book say? You kept arguing, and then you decided that you didn't care. I was like, thank God, because I don't have it all written out yet. <laughs> um, so you're but, telling me we could have solved this 50 episodes ago? That makes sense, Well, actually, we could us. have. You can, because you can't read it. Hey, you don't know. I have my moments. <laughs> He's you, learned a letter you just open or the book two by then. Armar. You just open the book of Parmar, and all of a sudden, you just gain all of the knowledge from the book. <laughs> I can only see. I can only read words in certain books. Like I'd be able to read that book perfectly, but you put those same words on other pages, never have a shot. It'll be like, uh, what's a movie where it's just magic parchment where it beams the information directly into your face? Hey, you can read books on two different sides of the room. Yes. There's some movie where, like, the wizard guys walk in and they, like, jam their hand, like, into the book and just, like, suck all the words into their hands. I and, like, absorb it. the power from these, like, magic books. That's how he reads. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't physically read it, but I can just feel the words. <laughs> just eat it. That's how you gain words. You can only read Braille. Well, if you felt the words of this podcast, uh, head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser and leave us a five-star rating and review with your own words, and we will read you on the air. We'd love to hear your feedback, and we'd love to hear from you. Honestly, any amount of stars, any amount of stars in a review would be cool. We get lonely without your messages. Send us messages. Every time you don't send us a message, we're donkey kick jet. Tell us we're good, tell us we're bad, just please, I'm tired of throwing up from all the donkey kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Lost five pounds. If you... <laughs> If you would like to keep in touch with us in the meantime, you can check us out on patreon.com slash deathsavingbros for unique content, including bloopers, recaps, and uh, extra episodes. You can also reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Reddit at deathsavingbros. You can reach me personally on Twitter at hpcamper or Instagram at hpcamper.14. Find me at Benfro15. You can find me at Ima underscore B underscore Rad. You can actually get back with us on the Reddit page because I figured that out. Huzzah! Yeah. You can find me on Capitol Hill because I'm going to be a senator by the time this comes out. Senator Eric. And you can find me on the PlayStation Network as F-A-T-T dash Smith. He finally played Borderlands with us one time. No. And I wasn't there I wasn't for, there for it. it. Damn. <laughs> I don't remember that. Wait, Wait, you didn't? I thought you did. No. You sure? Yeah. I thought he was in with us. Positive. (laughs) Where's that Paul? If I did, I blacked out. We'd have a a cake here this episode if he actually participated. I thought he played with us, man. I was trying to help you out. I don't have a system to play with you guys. Let's fucking buy one. (laughs) No one's coming out like two months. It's crossplay. Return. Oh, it is. Borderlands. Well, Borderlands Three is. Is it actually though? Because sure. I thought it was only crossplay between like two different computer systems. I'm pretty sure. It's I don't cross-play. think Xbox I and PlayStation it... can play now. You sure? Yeah. I, I thought th- they updated I th- it. I thought it was. Otherwise, I'd be playing with like three guys from work too. I, I thought don't... it was, and then 
I read somewhere that it was, and then I tried looking into it more, and I tried to Google it, and then it was saying it wasn't. But I saw that it was at one point, and then I saw it wasn't. I so know I the it. new gen will be, but I thought they just updated it so it would be crossplay. We can save this. Uh, we can save this conversation for outside of podcasts. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. And to all those of you who are listening in your cars, in your homes, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Deadly Roulette, Gloom Horizon, Hitman, On the Shore, and Oppressive Gloom are by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. These tracks are licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0 and sourced from filmmusic.io. The songs Belly of the Beast Combat, Blood War Conscript, Honor in the Storm Strings, In Corridors of Yore, Renouncing the Oath, and Too Long and To Lose are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. The song Frozen Village, Day, Peace is by the Boy King of Idaho at patreon.com slash boykingofidaho. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.